Genesis, it says, and God breathed breath into man. Sometimes we want to look at the big things in our lives, but I want us to do this this morning. We've done this before, but I want you to remember, take a deep breath in, blow it out. Let's do it one more time without hyperventilating. His breath in our lungs. If you have nothing else to give God praise for, you woke up this morning. Come on, come on, you got up this morning. He set you on the path. He got you to big church this morning. He let you put your shoes on one at a time. Sometimes we forget the little things that God does for us. One more time, we're gonna breathe. Do you ever have to have those times during the week where you gotta take a deep breath? Oh, next time you wanna have a bad attitude about that deep breath, just say, God, this is your breath. This is yours. And it might change that frown to a smile on your face. Come on. Come on, let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise in this place this morning. He's good. He is so good. He is so good. This morning, I just want to say thank you all for coming out this morning. And uh, what a great time we had last week. Friends and family was good. Oh, I ate, bo I ate both of those trucks. And man, I'm telling you what, that brisket make you want to smack your mama. That's an old country thing, if you didn't know. But this morning, um, we have the honor and privilege to, I want to introduce you. Many of y'all know him already, but I want to introduce you to Pastor Johnny this morning. And how many love Pastor Johnny so far? Come on. Come on. Come on. You know, I, he's been around. He's like, a, he, he, he's been around. I fed him a few times. He's like a cat. I can't get rid of him now. I'm just kidding, Johnny. He knows. Me and Johnny have this thing going back and forth to who's funnier. I know I'm funnier. He tries to be, but he just, uh, he, he just can't do it. But this morning, I want us to, to join him. This is his first time uh, preaching in front of big church stage this morning. So I want you all, come on, let's, let's stand up and let's give him a, a hand clap of praise this morning. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, Johnny. Love you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. If you would, uh, thank you for that kind hand. I appreciate that. Hopefully I won't fall off the stage this morning because that's really my biggest fear <laughs> is falling off the stage. Everything's black. How can you tell when to stop? I'm wearing black. You'll never find me. I'll fall off the stage. So let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for your word that keeps us on the straight and narrow, your presence, your spirit that guides us along. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the brothers and sisters uh, gathered here today, Father, to share in a spirit of unity, your love, your power, your amazing love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before we get started, Dustin, stand up just for a second. This young man here won the free throw contest last night. He was a machine, nine out of 10 free throws. I did not make a basket, but Dustin here was, I did not hit the rim. I used to be a player, but I no longer am a player. <laughs> well, my dad used to say, um, <clears throat> It's one thing to preach good one time, uh, but it's a whole other thing to preach every week. And I just want to give a 
uh, props to Pastor Rich and Pastor Minnie for handling this job every single week, bringing God's word to the house so that we can go on empowered. And so thank you both for giving me this opportunity. I hope it goes better than the Oscars last week. So I, uh, I'm going to consider this a success if Pastor Rich doesn't storm the sl stage and slap me. So the bar set low. Thank you, Will Smith. <laughs> I almost thought you were going to do it. I was really uh, looking for that. Uh, but uh, today we're going to talk about change, and change is inevitable. When I was a teenager, well, of course, when you're a teenager, you figured everything out. When you don't know what uh, to do, just ask a teenager because they know. Uh, if you ever have any doubts, ask them. They know. And so I was a teenager, and uh, I knew everything, and I had a theme song. Maybe you have a theme song. Mine was Leonard Skinnerd, Freebird. <laughs> Shows you how old I am. Any southern boys in the house? That's our theme song. We stand and put our hands over our heart every time we hear Freebird. That was my favorite song. But some of the lyrics were, but if I stay here with you, girl, things just couldn't be the same because I'm a free bird now. <laughs> Pastor Rich asked me to sing that. That's his fault. <laughs> uh, maybe you had a theme song when you were grow growing up. Maybe you still do have a theme song uh, that kind of puts you in that mood. Uh, a lot of music since I was uh, growing up. Beastie Boys. Anybody remember the Beastie Boys? You got to fight for your right to party. You know, I'm there with you. Uh, we got some country fans out there. Hank uh, Williams, it's family tradition. Garth Brooks, got any country fans? Well, I wanted, I wanted to find something a little relatable, so I looked up a lot of 50 Cent lyrics. I could not find anything. 50 Cent, if you're, if you're watching, sorry, I tried. Uh, but Taylor's... <laughs> Taylor Smith uh, had a song called Mean, and some of her lyrics uh, are, are like this, and all you're ever going to do is be mean. I can see you years from now in a bar talking over a football game with the same big old loud opinion, but no one's listening, washed up, ranting about the same old bitter things. I think she has somebody in her life that didn't want to change. That's sort of where you end up, isn't it? Same old loud opinion. People's heard it a million times. Okay, Pastor Johnny, we know how you feel. All right, give it a rest. Thank you. Uh, she must have had somebody in her life that didn't want change. Uh, but when I say change, what, what comes to your mind? Bring it on. That's Pastor Mindy's opinion. I don't know if you heard that. She said, bring it on. <laughs> For me, it's, oh, brother, what new program do I have to learn now? <laughs> you lose your job. Oh, great. Now what new job do I have to learn now? And then you realize, oh, these people, they're all new. I have to get used to them. So everything's new. But change is inevitable. It's going to come whether you want it or not. Now, change comes when you, even when you don't want it to come. I got a buddy in a house that don't want change to come. You're comfortable. Change comes whether you want it or not. And when you don't want it, it looks a lot like death and decay. 
a downward spiral because you've stuck in one place and everybody else is changing. Bad change comes, uh, seems to have a momentum of its own and bad habits get bigger. Can I get an amen? Bad habits get bigger the more that they go on. Like watching your weight. I'm looking at myself now. <laughs> I'm sort of kind of watching my weight, but if I gave up watching my weight, I'd hit that buffet hard, <laughs> and it would not be good. So you still got to keep trying. Good change takes a lot more effort. Positive change will happen if you do something about it. It looks a lot like life. looks a lot like victory. looks a lot like a bathing suit in summer. You know, change looks good when, it, when it's positive change. Alistair McGrath, a northern Irish theologian, said, Within each one of us exists the image of God, however disfigured and corrupted by sin it might presently be. God is able to recover this image through grace as we are conformed to the image of Christ. That's what it says in Romans 2. And do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love carving. I don't know if you knew that about me, but I love carving. Carved a duck, thought I was an artist. <laughs> Carved a walking stick, knew I was an artist. Uh, so uh, Michelangelo is, of course, uh, carved out of marble this great statue of David. It's still one of the great works of art. And someone asked him, how did he do it? And he simply said, I just got rid of what wasn't supposed to be there. Wow. Each time you let the word of God have its way in your life, it's carving away what shouldn't have been there. Now, it's not easy. Change is challenging. It takes everyday effort in the same direction to bring change and success. Your breakthrough comes with consistent effort. Consistent effort. I didn't say consistent success. I said consistent effort. You will fail many times in your effort to change. Just look at a toddler trying to walk. Just reach up next to your friend's head right now and feel all those knots that they took while trying to walk. Just go ahead. Feel them. They're still there. Pastor Rich has a few. Riding a bike, anyone got some scars for that one? On your knees, on your legs? Boy, that's tough. Learning how to swim, did you survive that or you still don't know how to swim? <laughs> when I was 13, a teacher asked us to write about someone significant in your life. And of course, uh, I wrote about my brother because my brother, he was an amazing person. But this is what I wrote. My brother isn't what you call a prince. He's nice to me sometimes, sometimes he's not so nice, but he's still my brother. He taught me how to swim when I was just five years of age on top of the water, and for that I am truly grateful. However, the process in teaching me how to swim, the punching, the kicking, the splashing, the nearly drowning me, for that I am not truly grateful. So just to set the record straight, here's a picture of me. Andrew, there it is. There's sweet, no, no, he's a nice little kid, isn't he? Now here's a picture of my brother. This is an action shot. I don't know if you can see that. He's blowing up Buzz Lightyear. 
That's my brother. <laughs> As he proved to me, <laughs> change is thrust upon us sometimes. I didn't tell you I didn't really want to know how to swim. I had to swim because he was going to drown me. But he taught me how to swim when I was only five. It was sudden. It was unexpected. Sometimes change is sudden and unexpected. It's shocking to varying degrees. Sometimes you can lose your job. You can lose someone in your family. You can break up with someone. Someone moves the TV remote. It's shocking. But after that moment of shock, after it wears off, after your emotions calm down, that first step you take after that moment of shock will determine whether or not you are going to have breakthrough success. Whether you fail or not, are you going to try? Fear and vulnerability keeps us from changing. When you've gone through something shocking, your house burns down, lived through that one, got that t-shirt, uh, fear comes in, okay, now where do I sleep? <laughs> you know, I have one set of clothes and I'm wearing them. You know, fear comes in, vulnerability comes in, being vulnerable to mistakes and making a decision, giving up feels dangerous. Feels a lot like risk. Something I've dedicated my life to get rid of. But you can't live life like that. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but one of love and of power and of a sound mind and self-control, you could also put there. So what is the first step after this moment of shock? And why does it say in Matthew chapter 24, first be reconciled to your brother and then come present your offering to me? Why is that even there? Because anger in your heart is noise that drowns out God's voice. And in this moment, you really need to hear God's voice. When things are unsettled, when your check bounced, when things went wrong, you need to hear God's calming voice in your life. If you're so busy hating your brother, hating your sister, hating your boss, you're not going to hear God's voice the way that he wants you to hear him. In the past, I've been caught, I've been caught up in conflict with uh, co-workers. Uh, that's not with you guys, okay. <laughs> or my daughter over here. <laughs> Completely different people. Uh, but I have found myself kind of focusing on what they're doing wrong and not really focusing on what I should be doing. And it's overshadowed and affected what I was doing because I was so focused on what they are doing. That's wrong. Have you ever listened to a sermon and said, oh, I know who needs to hear this one. Yeah. Get him, Pastor Johnny. Get him. <laughs> Uh, this is the main point of the message. This is really what birthed in my heart and the Lord wanted me to share. 
is if we are so used to God working in a certain way at a certain time on a certain day from 10 to 12 and never used to him working any other way in our life, when he says walk this way and we're not used to it and it's, un it's not stable, it's, we don't know what's going on, it's, I have to test the waters here and he, he's asking you to go ahead and take that step, you say no. And when you say no, you're not walking with the Lord. I didn't say you weren't saved. You've already taken that step. Your soul is blood-bought. You're going to be in heaven. But what I'm talking about is walking with the Lord. And what happens when you keep saying no, a series of no's starts falling into place. And the longer it goes, the further away you go from what God wanted you to be. Every step you take in the wrong direction, and this is the heart of Jesus. Would you please stop? Would you please turn around? Would you please forgive? Would you please go the other direction? I have so much in store for you over here. If you will just turn around and say yes. If you say yes, I'll meet the need. If you say yes, I'll help you forgive. If you say yes, I'll provide for you. If you say yes, I have so much in store for you. That is, that's the whole message, really. But we have a conflict in us. And that's a choice we have to make each day. And just like Darth Vader said to his son, Luke Skywalker, I can feel the conflict within you, Luke. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Ridge. <laughs> when you overcome your pride and say yes and ask for help, that is the beginning of positive change in your life. When you overcome your pride and ask for help, that is the beginning of positive change in your life. It's exactly what Jessica Wellington was praying this morning. The Holy Spirit was really working that into our body even before we started today. Being resistant to change is the same impulse for not asking for directions. Do I have anybody in the house here who does not like to ask for directions? Thank you, Bruce. I don't know how many trips I've taken to Cincinnati and added an hour to it because I took a shortcut. My family no longer believes that it's an hour and a half between Louisville and Cincinnati. They truly believe it's two and a half hours. But uh, uh, this is my one preacher joke. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, a man stopped a cop and asked for directions. He says, excuse me, sir, do you know the way to Lexington? What's the quickest way? The cop said, well, are you in a car or are you on foot? The guy says, well, I'm in a car. The cop says, that's the quickest way. <laughs> uh, you might moan, but you're going to use that one. I know you are. See? I'm just as funny as Pastor Rich is. How many of you said, I know I can figure it out. I just need a little time. Boy, that goes into much more than just asking for directions. I know I can figure it out if you just leave me alone long enough to figure this out. Yes says, okay, I'm incomplete. I'm I don't know everything. I don't know how to get to Cincinnati. I need your help, Father. Thank you for the map. I'll use it. 
we have extreme confidence in our own abilities. Speaking and asking for directions. I already did that part. We'll just edit that right out of there. Thank you, Amy. Changing direction is hard to do. Apologizing is not good for the ego, but guess what? It's great for the soul. That is one of the hardest lessons to learn, especially if you're married. Apologizing when you know it's the right thing to do, but you also know you're right. <laughs> it's great for the soul. It's great for your marriage. Change breaks down when you think you don't have any options. When you think you've tried everything in the playbook and there's no change and now you're stuck in the same old way of acting, the same old way of thinking, the same old way of working. When we don't have any options in our mind, we're stuck. Scripture says the people perish because we don't have vision in Proverbs 29, 18. You might say it's impossible to change a habit of a lifetime. Where's my celebrate recovery, folks? Stand up for me, please, if you're wearing a T-shirt today. We meet every Saturday at 6.30, and let me tell you, they know change is hard. They know what it's like to feel tired and not wanting to change, but we have a whole group of people dedicated to help you do just that. And let me tell you, I'm working the steps too. I got my 30-day chip last week. You don't have to be falling down drunk to be in Celebrate Recovery. You got to hurt, you got to have it, you got to hang up, get into Celebrate Recovery and work it. Because God's word is going to heal you, the people around you are going to support you, and you're going to find a positive place to heal. Dealing with life, controlling issues is what Celebrate Recovery is all about, and that is what we call an option. Part of wanting to change, part of not wanting to change is to give up the picture of what something is supposed to look like. You have to admit it. So were you here for Friends and Family Day? Wasn't that an awesome day? We had so much fun. But I can tell you behind the scenes, we had to give up the picture of what things were supposed to look like. <laughs> and we had to improvise, and we had to be flexible, and we had to be all in. And guess what? The Lord provided, and we had a great time. But that was a living example for me of what giving up that picture looks like. Jesus, where do we get that vision to change? Jesus. Because he has defeated death, hell, and the grave, and everything in between. He has died to give us life more abundantly. In John 10, 10, uh, he says, I have come that you might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. That word abundantly means more than enough. Existing in large amounts having great plenty and abounding. Jesus came to give us life, not just to survive the problem, but to thrive through the problem. Our faith is something that when it is tested, grows. That's amazing. When our faith is tested and we're planted in Jesus, his strength comes in, his word comes in, and it grows. Our testimony grows, his power and strength grows, and our our lives grow, our spirits grow. But if we abide in him, that's the key. We have to abide in him every day. 
if we keep our minds stayed on him, if my people turn from their wicked ways, I will hear their land. It's still a decision. That decision we face every day. I was thinking about this message a couple of days ago, and I didn't say yes to Jesus, and I did it my own way. Sorry, Lord, that was my fault. Uh, and he dropped this word in my heart. God will not bless an act of disobedience, but God will bless an act of obedience. Just as he won't bless you saying no each time he asks you to change direction, he will bless each time you say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He will bless that, and he will bring it uh, to pass. He will restore. He will uplift. Jesus said in John 14, 10, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll keep my commandments. Jesus is calling out today, obedience is how you show me that you love me more than you love yourself. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Better than saying yes. Excuse me. Saying yes is better than saying excuse me later. I've done that before. I mean, I was a teenager. I knew it was always better not to get caught. <laughs> it's always better. <laughs> uh, but when you grow up older, when you're older, it, it, uh, those habits, you know, have a way of coming back. And, and that series of no's leads you to a place you don't want to be. Don't just say you want to change. Do something about it. Change is a decision. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, taps you on the shoulder, whispers in your ear, you have a chance to say yes, you have a chance to say no. What are you going to do with it? If you listen, it looks a lot like apologizing. What? It looks a lot like repaying a debt. Uh-oh, talking money. Get away from me. It looks a lot like accepting correction. And that's what it means to walk with the Lord. If you don't do something about it and you let yourself off the hook and you've said something to somebody and you feel that conviction, oh, they're okay. They're fine. I don't have to say anything to them. I don't have to apologize. They're going to be okay. I borrowed $100 from my mother. They're family. You really don't have to pay them back. You know, that's the way, <laughs> that's the way it feels sometimes. But saying yes to all those things is walking with the Lord. In Amos chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together if they're not agreed? How can two walk together if they're not in harmony? How many of you know Joyce Meyer, TV minister? I love her. I really relate to her. She has her own story of healing over uh, past abuse, so I really relate to her. And she said this amazing thing that just made me laugh and laugh and laugh. It's why I remembered it. Uh, she was talking to somebody one day, and she says, You know, I've been walking with the Lord for 20 years. And immediately the Lord whispered in her ear and said, no, I've been dragging you for 15 years. You've been walking with me for five. <laughs> she wasn't always walking in harmony. Just because you're saved, you don't have everything right. Just because you've made that commitment, you're not gold now. Uh, that's, you've just entered the game. You've just entered the race. And now we have to start working it out. Uh, the model of this world is to follow your heart. You do, you boo, basically. 
But the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Proverbs 3.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Why? Because the heart is the center of your intellect. The heart is the center of your emotions. It is the wellspring of life. And what you think in your heart affects how you make decisions. It affects what you say. Every word you say comes out of the heart. If you've dealt with the heart, then you can tell it in your decisions and how you treat people. If you say no, you can also tell that too. If you say no to God in your heart and it doesn't happen overnight, it happens slowly, inch by inch, each no by each no, things get worse. The first way to say no is by delaying an answer. Have you ever been asked to take out the garbage before? <laughs> and then feign that you can't hear him? What? I'm sorry. I didn't hear. What if that was God's voice telling you to do something? Be a missionary. What? La, 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 la. Give some money away. What? No. The first way to say no is just to delay the answer. We let ourselves off the hook that way. I never really said no but you did in your heart. Jesus explained this truth another way when he said it's not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of a man that defiles him. And what comes out of our heart? All sorts of evil. There's a whole long list of all sorts of evil. Donald Stamps, author of, fire, of the fire version of the Bible, writes this, spiritual impurity is not the failure to follow some ritual or spiritual law. It is the willingness to follow the pull of wickedness. And that wickedness is written deep within the heart of mankind. Jesus spoke about the seriousness of holding tight to sin in your heart and dealing with your heart when he explained that anger is as equal to the sin of murder and lust is as equal to the sin of adultery. It's a heart issue. Those who refuse to dismiss, those who refuse or dismiss God's word put themselves in the most dangerous situation, and hear me, of not realizing when God finally allows them to go their own way. They no longer feel the, the conscience that they did before because it's been dulled over time, and now you feel it's okay because you don't feel that anymore. Well, that's happened because over the course of time, you've kept saying no, and now it doesn't feel wrong. It does not feel wrong. It feels right. When you say, you do, you boo, just follow your heart. Well, guess what? That now feels right. And that's a real danger. And I don't want you to lose that sensitivity to God's word. When you lose that sensitivity, you stop wanting to be in God's house. You're easily resentful towards others and you hold it against them. You'll use it as an excuse to stop coming to church, stop being in the body. We've got to turn around from that. Sometimes we feel powerless to change. Change is a step of faith. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, Trust the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. He'll make your path straight. The Hebrew there for straight means to make right, pleasant, 
prosperous and upright. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll take care of the rest. That's simply just saying, yes, I trust you. That's why it's a step of faith, because it's the unknown. Yes, Lord, I don't know where we're going, but we're following you. And that's a very healthy place to be in the Lord. It's a heart decision. Change from my way to his way. Change is challenging, but we have to have God's help. We can't do it alone. We know that. That's why we have God's word. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. These are the scriptures that I fall back on when things go south. When trouble comes, you need a word. All right, here's one. Write it down. Make a note. Isaiah 41.10. This is my go-to verse. He is enough. He's going to be enough. That's what he said to the Apostle Paul when uh, he asked the thorn to be taken away. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm enough. But change doesn't come at a pace that we like. Can I get an amen? <laughs> sometimes it's too slow. Sometimes it's too fast. It's never at the pace you really like it. It takes faith to believe that change is possible. And from my own notes in my own Bible that I read recently, I wrote this. I have been living like a fool, not believing God's word to me and relying on my own ideas to determine right from wrong disrespecting God's promise to me in my heart because of self-sabotage and low self-esteem. This is a warning flag. It's a warning flag to you and to me. The prayer team, or the, yeah. I'm not as smooth as Pastor Rich is. <laughs> my prayer should be, not my way, Lord, your way. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Give me a heart of flesh for this heart of stone. For you see, the more we humble ourselves, the more like Christ we become. When you say yes to the Holy Spirit, guess what happens? Your joy returns. Your prayers start getting answered again. You want to be in God's house. You can't get enough of Pastor Rich's jokes. You just want to be in God's house. I've actually tied that to being right with the Lord, Pastor Rich, yeah. that they have to last at your jokes. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> you want to be with him and you want to know more about him. And it's a daily invitation that we get each and every day. It's the same invitation the Lord has given his disciples. Follow me. Will you? When you say yes to Jesus, you stop doing what you're doing. Who Jesus is becomes more important than who you are. All of a sudden, when Jesus came to his disciples and said, follow me, they had to do what? Stop fishing. They had to stop casting their nets. They had to stop where they were at in their tracks and do something different. They had to stop collecting taxes. They had to stop being a doctor. They had to stop doing what they thought was more important and follow Jesus. It's the same invitation given to you and me today. Will you follow me? Regardless of the cost, will you follow me? Today, if you want to follow Jesus, I want you to raise your hand with me. Raise your hand. For some of you, it'll be the first time. I want you to go ahead and do that right now. If this is your first time accepting the Lord in your 
heart. I want to make this a personal time for you. If you've raised your hand and you're sitting next to somebody, go ahead and take their hand. Join them in prayer. Follow these words. I am a sinner. I've gone to a place I don't like, Lord. I need your help. Please save me from my sin. I recognize that you are the Son of God and that you rose from the dead to save me. For those of you who have already taken that step and want to see Jesus to take the ownership of your daily life, Jesus said, will you follow me? every moment. I want you to make that commitment. Take that first step. Get out of your seat and come down to the altar as your act of accepting the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Take that first step. Jesus says, will you come? Will you follow me? One act of obedience can change everything. Jesus still says to you this day and every day, will you follow me?